My name is James, and I am pleased to announce that we have a live artist right here in the studio, and he will be playing some songs for us. And in between, we will be doing some interviewing, because he's sitting right here uh, to my left in the uh, DJ booth here at Radio 1190. Um, but without further ado, this is Atari live right here on the local shakedown. Atari, right here on the local shakedown. My goodness. That is some mind-bending stuff uh, from this Boulder artist. I am joined with him right here. How you doing, man? Doing great. Glad to be on. Thanks for having me. Good, man. Um, so can you uh, describe to us what uh, we just heard right there? Um, so these are some uh, what I call, uh, I've been calling them analog beats. They're uh, vinyl records that I've made uh, that are then, uh, I take two records and I'll splice them up on a uh, scroll saw and then I'll uh, just recombine them with glue uh, so that they're still playable on a record. So uh, the finished product actually ends up being uh, an image on a record that then uh, plays kind of as like an analog mashup of two songs. Gotcha. I totally, and they're, they're beautiful, beautiful pieces of art, I have to say, really uh, aesthetically pleasing. Uh, you can find a picture of them on Radio 1190's Instagram, I believe, right now, but um, it's a, uh, for the listeners at home, it's a color disc, and there's also a black disc uh, that goes along with it. Um, and so can you uh, kind of describe your process of maybe like choosing these records? Uh, yeah, so I kind of choose the records um, based off of like genre more than like specific songs. So a lot of the records I have today are going to be, well, actually all of them are going to be um, like a 90s techno, late 80s, early 90s uh, 
like uh, analog techno, like very like uh, some drum and bass, some house. Like I think there's one hard style record as well, mm -hmm. uh, mixed with mostly um, classical music. We have uh, the one you just heard was, I believe, a um, some 90s techno record mixed with, I think, uh, uh, Beethoven Symphony. I'm not sure which one. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I kind of choose them just more or less based on the general sound of the record, more so than like trying to match up actual songs. Gotcha. That makes total sense. And it's a it's a really crazy product because uh, it, it does kind of have a beat to it. And for the people, again, listening at home, because this is actually a, quite a visual experience, um, there was a point in time where you were kind of um, hitting uh, the vinyl record with a finger, and it was kind of making a kind of a bassy sound. And does that just kind of come from um, just kind of experimenting in general with sound as well as mediums? Um, yeah, I guess the, I, like, just a... Uh, purely adding just another layer of manipulation to the sound I think uh, like again in an analog way um, there's not really any like nothing is digitally edited the sound or anything right. at all uh, so it's like you kind of have to uh, I mean you just hear the like bass noise when I tap on it just because of the way a record player works mm -hmm. I'm sure um, uh, if people don't know it's just the needle is picking up the vibrations so when I tap it it just uh, creates a deeper vibration in that certain spot gotcha um but yeah it's just kind of to add like little bass or like little percussive elements where i want to maybe like change the song a little bit mm -hmm. um it's kind of a new technique, technique I've actually been using recently. Gotcha. And really start doing that. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that's going into some uncharted territory right there. Uh, that would make um, vinyl purists freak out or like squirm in their in their chairs a little oh, bit. Oh, yes. But that's no. totally fine. <laughs> so Definitely. what's the gear that you are playing this on right now? Um, well, I'm actually switching between, uh, you mean like the speed? Like what? Uh, the speed as well as the turntable. Oh, okay. So it's... Um, it's a, I guess it's a Sony stereo turntable system, PS LX300 uh, USB uh, turntable system. Mm -hmm. And I'm just using like a really, it's actually a broken <laughs> receiver that I bought from uh, Goodwill. Uh -huh. Nothing very high tech at all. Um, really trying to stay on that student budget mostly. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, no. And then, um, yeah, the speeds, I'm just kind of, uh, it's mostly being played at 45 but i'm also like uh manipulating the speed by hand as well as just changing the preset functions that are on the record player very cool i really dig it but before we get into um much more can we queue up another song yeah definitely let's uh, put another one on awesome there you go um we got atari live right here in uh the local shakedown studios um playing some awesome analog beats for us right here um if you dig what he is doing you can go uh, find him on bandcamp i believe it's um atari bandcamp.com isn't that right uh, i believe so yes awesome. or it might be atari music um i'm not sure actually gotcha <laughs> that's totally right. fine we'll we'll find that and then we'll get back to it but um are you ready to uh play us another piece uh yeah gotcha awesome this is atari right here on the local shakedown
Atari right here on the local shakedown. Woo, that ending. <laughs> that was that was some really wild stuff. And so with that, your the ending was just incredibly climactic. My goodness. Um, uh, but your your style that you were doing we were talking about this in the last break but um hitting the vinyl record you were doing a couple different other things that you were doing um with the turntable can you explain uh what you were doing right there um yeah so i'm kind of just uh controlling uh at the base of where the counterweight of the tone arm is uh just kind of guiding the tone arm where to go um for the most part um i'm also manually slowing the record down sometimes by grabbing the center pin um, right that's rotating. I'm also uh, kind of like half toggling the uh, speed button um, mm -hmm. so that I can create like speed increases that way. Um, that are in between 33 and 45. Yeah. Gotcha. So I can kind of like have it at 33, then like speed it up to 45 for like an, to like change like the note or the frequency of like a certain part. Most definitely. Um, and then like immediately slow it down without having to like wait for the mecha actual mechanics of the record player to to do it for me. Gotcha. And what I really like about that record, not only does it have uh, kind of these, inc uh, like most of your records, incredible juxtapositions between moods and styles, um, but it, it kind of has a more kind of like a vocal part in it, and um, it sounds much more brighter than the other one, and that might be, be um, kind of um, contributing from the um, actual color of the record, um, which is in a totally different um, cut than the other record that we were listening to. Um, can you describe to the listeners what that record kind of looks like on a visual level? Um, yeah, it's kind of like a Z uh, or like a like a zigzag. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of see a lightning bolt in it. Yeah, like it could be a, yeah, a lightning bolt or a Z or like um, just two like uh, like complementary shapes more or less. Uh, the record's like it would be symmetrical on both sides. Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, the shape of the rec uh, the images that are cut in them. Yeah, because uh, that's really important to the. Um, that kind of whole concept of what I've been trying to do, uh, like lately. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> These records actually started out as like a art venture more so than like a music one, uh, where I was trying to create like paintings that could be sounds or like okay. an image that could be turned into a sound. So like the the actual pattern, uh, the geometric patterns that are cut into the records, um, are actually where the records are getting their like percussive elements or from their beats. Yeah, so in a way, I like am making those images into sounds. Right, and where it kind of hits those like really intense kind of high and low ends, where just uh, you hear that pop. That's where the record is cut. Um, that's not really like a blemish on the record or anything, which is really interesting. And um, just kind of going to the whole um, concept of having um, kind of spontaneity or like um, undeterminable um, sounds, that's probably the same way that you cut those records. There's probably no planning that goes into that. Is that right? Um, there's a very, very basic intuitive level of planning where I can kind of estimate where the like percussive elements are going to be like I don't have it down to like a mathematical formula per se of course um, but I can but I, like uh, just intuitively kind of figure out like okay this is where like the sections are going to change like how will that sound interesting and I also a big part of it is keeping in mind like how the shape is going to change as the needle uh, crosses the record as the record continues to play and how that will change the uh, uh, shape or uh, change the sound as, as well as the time signature of the uh, songs being played gotcha and so uh with that do you kind of hear um different kind of moods or kind of different um how should i say not moods but maybe kind of um styles that come out of these different designs uh, with all these different records that you've created 
Um, they're definitely, uh, definitely the more symmetrical, the more consistent the beat is. Uh, mm-hmm. While that's not always like the most interesting, of course. Um, but yeah, the I used to when I originally did the project, I was doing it um, for an art class, mm-hmm. and I thought uh, to like actually try to make real images rather than geometric shapes. And when I was doing that, like you would get like interesting, interesting looking like images or paintings or whatever you would want to call them but mm-hmm. the sound that came out of them would be very like uh it it would it, it wouldn't sound very good just right. because of the way that it was mixed up it like the irregular shape of an image i think that the uh like geometric shapes really like uh add like a discernible beat to it like mm-hmm. a discernible like it ter- it takes it from being like just noise into maybe being like a song like trying to like get it out of just a purely like noise genre where right. it's not just like uh like white noise that i'm trying to yeah. like, bash people with i'm trying to create kind of like a uh i don't i'm not sure really how to describe yeah i can kind, kind of, of see where it is just more of like a not a free form but kind of just a a really unconventional style to uh listen to because you could do the same thing digitally but you opted to do it um analog you could totally take these same couple records convert them to digital files and then cut them in pro tools or something like that in kind of a similar fashion where they don't really have much of a um kind of uh, structure or a form more so they um, are just kind of um, like a mood of sorts but you kind of take it to a visual level which I really really uh, dig yeah definitely and that it then it always goes back to the original idea of like how can I turn like like something that we experience with like our eyes into something that we experience with our ears like how can you turn something that's like meant to be a visual object that like everyone knows like what a star looks like like how can we like figure out what a star sounds like or like how can we figure out what any kind of shape sounds like right. um and like i don't think that that the songs necessarily are like while like you were saying this one's like a lightning bolt pattern i don't think that the pattern necessarily affects the like overall like mood of the sound so much as it affects the like percussive elements and the beats mm-hmm. um so that's really where like my interest is like uh like focused on i would say Mm-hmm. is like the shapes and like the actual images on the record and like turning that into so, like an interesting piece of like uh, music as well. Gotcha. I really dig it. Cool. Well, before we get into any more, can we queue up another song? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. You are listening to Radio 1190's Local Shakedown. It is about uh, 5.18, and we have uh, the sound artist known as Atari live right here in the studio. He's about to put on another piece for us on his analog beat uh, manipulation with a vinyl record and a turntable right here. And uh, you are listening to Atari right here live on the Local Shakedown. Thank <laughs> you. 
Atari live right here on the local shakedown. Uh, that is a piece that he has made from uh, cutting apart and uh, putting back together two separate uh, vinyl records. And I have to ask, um, what do you call that piece if it does have a name? Um, I can't. Uh, I think I call it. Uh, well, on my Bandcamp, I think it's called Steel Screws. Okay. Uh, just based off of the the techno record uh, that it was taken from the artist is Titanium Steel Screws. Okay. Um, so some of them, I mean, I don't always name them after the the artist mm -hmm. where the record's taken from. I just didn't have a good name for that one. So. No worries. It it kind of matches the sound as well, which I really dig. And listening to that, this is gonna this is gonna uh, probably make you chuckle, but I kind of get a hip hop vibe from it, um, mainly because not only is are these sounds kind of sound like they could be sampled in a hip hop song, which many hip hop songs um, sample uh, '90s techno, um, which I guess you could consider yourself a sample of sorts um, but um, this kind of I see uh, relating to scratching from hip-hop artists and so I have to ask is there any kind of musical influences that you uh, take not only in this project but maybe just like in general um, that kind of come out of this project um, well I've always really been interested in uh, sound and like experimental sound um, and noise um, I've really also like been a fan of abrasive music, which like I, I mean these are kind of like abrasive sounding in a way. Most They're not really for, for everyone, um, which is which is okay I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I guess main influences that I have would just be like uh, John Cage, which is like kind of a cop out to say, but I mean that's where like conceptually where I'm coming from, right. kind of like. Uh, like some of the other like like futurist manifesto of noise is something that I like take great interest in. Gotcha. And like kind of the evolution of like how we think of sound like mm. in a like philosophical sense. Right. I guess. So it's like really all these things and like I'm I'm a visual artist as well, so like I was kind of trying to like combine my two like passions in mm -hmm. a way and to make like one finished product that functions like I mean, I'll say that probably have said this a million times. I'll say it again. Functions as a painting as well as a song. Right. Um, but I mean, as far as like in like music goes, I'm really into like punk and hardcore. Mm -hmm. um, I'm into like industrial and electronic music. Nice. Um, really pumped for the new Death Grips album. Of course. Actually. <laughs> How can you not? <laughs> um, like, I really like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Awesome. And so uh, you kind of uh, alluded to it uh, earlier, but you're also a, a formal musician as well, not a kind of unconventional uh, musician. Do you want to go into that a little bit? Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I play. I mean, I've been playing instruments since probably I was about 13 years old. Mm -hmm. uh, guitar, bass, drums, uh, mostly just your typical rock band instruments. Um, right kind of started out more as just a thing to do with friends for fun mm -hmm. and like kind of turned into a more like serious passion uh more recently mm -hmm. um i don't really i i have a group of guys that i play with but i wouldn't call us a band yet we don't okay. really have we have a few structured songs but we're not really we're like in the very beginning stages okay of working that out so right now this is my only uh like serious musical venture gotcha um, because it's kind of funny. Um, did you ever dabble into electronic music? You know, I did. I I kind of, um, I like, while I can, like, appreciate it and I find other people's uh, songs interesting and I really like the sounds that electronic music uses and its manipulation of sound, um, I don't, I just don't have the patience to sit there at a computer for mm -hmm. 
for so many hours and do that. Not that I, not that I dislike electronic music. Uh, I really like electronic music, for but sure. I think that this was like more accessible to me because like I could physically hold it in my hand and I could physically make it, mm-hmm. um, uh, just in a way where I can like truly interact with like the piece that I'm working with rather than just like looking at files or looking at like a, uh, whatever you call it, like the layout that is on any given like music editing software. Gotcha. Um, not to say that I don't, I mean, obviously I record music, so I use the program and stuff. I don't mm. know. I just never really like went towards, uh, the like traditional form of digital editing as, of like, course. A, as like a thing that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just kind of funny. Um, because you kind of s- skipped a step because most, um, artists like to utilize electronic music and then put analog elements into it. But what you're doing is you're using all analog elements, but you're kind of getting a sound. Um, that's almost kind of like a very strange, distant cousin of electronic music. Um, and so it's a really, really interesting, uh, thing just to listen to and just to see, um, right before your eyes. And so, um, how about we uh, put on another piece? Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. You are listening to The Local Shakedown right here on Radio 1190. It is 527, um, and we have Atari live right here in the studio. He is putting on another piece for us, and this is Atari live right here on The Local Shakedown.
Atari live right here on the local shakedown. That was a piece uh, by David that is sitting to my left right here. And um, I'm, I'm super curious because I could kind of figure it out um, while we were listening to it. What two records were they? I kind of heard, um, of course, like a 90s uh, techno um, album, but I almost heard kind of like a pop song in there. Is that right? Yeah, it's a, um, <laughs> it's a Andy Williams Greatest Hits Volume 2 record. Too good. Uh, mixed with uh, some, some kind of 90s techno. I'm not too sure which, what, it, what it is, but... Uh yeah, some some clear green '90s techno vinyl. Very cool, very cool. And it it not only uh, looks cool, but also sounds really really interesting because of the kind of beat that it has. It has kind of more of kind of like a not a shuffly beat, but more of like a galloping beat, which is really cool. And it's done uh, with two pyramids, well, one very very large pyramid and then one very small pyramid, um, which just equals in a in a really kind of cool visual and um, uh, visual aesthetic as well as a sound aesthetic as well. Um, and is there a name for that piece? as well um that piece is actually untitled at the moment um that's one of the newer ones mm -hmm. uh, i actually uh don't that one's not on the band camp it's uh it's uh i don't really have a name for it yet no gotcha just made it a f like last week there you go and <laughs> so how long does one of these records take to make um they only take really a few hours mm -hmm. um the whole process is really really fast um I just uh, cut them on a scroll saw, uh, so I will put the two records together um, with like a buffer in between them, okay. and then cut the same image in them. Like both, I'll cut both of them at the same time, so, so they're I can, symmetrical. So that they're symmetrical, so that I can go and they'll be able to be glued apart later and still be mm -hmm. a perfect circle. Gotcha. Well, that's kind of interesting now that you say that because um, what you can do with that is that you can get two manipulated records at mm. the same time. And so, do you listen to both of them? I do. I listen to both, and I try to see which one uh sounds better gotcha. i guess uh, both sides are still usable uh, mm -hmm. of the record as well um so it's really just a which one i just think works better for the sound that i'm trying to get out of it uh, right. or which whichever one has the most interesting or most different sound yeah and what really boggles my mind about these is that um a vinyl record holds at least you know uh six four to six songs on each one and you're bouncing around from song to song actually quite fast which is really really interesting um but you don't really kind of hear the differentiations between um both songs and do you think that's a kind of a result of the uh turntable that you're using or the kind of style uh, that you're kind of manipulating the the turntable arm uh, yeah no there's definitely um, there's definitely something interesting going on with that uh, now that you mentioned that um, like psychoacoustically I've noticed that like I can and maybe it's just because I'm used to hearing them all the time because I'm practicing and like mm -hmm. playing with them but um, you almost your ear tricks your brain into thinking that both parts of the record are going on at the same time almost so right. where you're getting those like vocal or like like added like notes while like you have the background noise from like the techno like for example in that last one you'll like get the background noise from the 90s records the like high like really soft synthesizers mm -hmm. and it almost just sounds like because they're being interjected into so fast that those notes aren't even interrupting that at all so mm -hmm. i think that like the fact that it's all being played like as one fluid like uh motion from like even though you, you might be skipping like a number of songs like between a few of them it still will have the same sound or like the same like feel um the one that i actually uh, feel the most difference has the most like differentiated parts is that first record i played the, yeah uh, 
the very first one, it almost has like where both songs uh, on both of the respective records transition at the same time almost. Oh, wow. Uh, where, so you kind of get that like, oh, all of a sudden it's silent and then changes sound completely. Oh, wow. Um, which I think is, uh, which is interesting, I think. Yeah, because that's out of pure, pure chance. Um, yeah, more or less. Which is crazy. Um, but what you could do, this is kind of just a suggestion. I'm just putting this out there. You could <laughs> get a compilation um, record where it has a bunch of different artists on it um, and then kind of p- piece that together with probably some sort of electronic or techno record. Oh, definitely. Which would have kind of a, a really, really interesting uh, product, at least in my mind. Um, and speaking um, more on the visual uh, visual side of things, um, you are an art student uh as well as an artist, and have you ever uh, considered um, putting these records in more of a um, formal art sense, or do you think that you'll try and do this in more of like a f- uh, musical sense? Um, well, definitely the way I'm presenting them here uh, today is definitely like a purely like musical venture. Um, I I did originally actually make these for an art class, so like they were originally meant to be performed in that kind of context. Mm-hmm. However, I've been thinking about it recently and I think I'm considering different uh like options of how to present it um Mm -hmm. in that kind of context rather than like a in like a musical uh sort of way right so like um for example there's just like a lot of distracting elements about like having a viewer watch you from the back uh like manipulate like a vinyl record um there's just like a lot of added noise that comes in with the performance that distracts from like my original idea or mm-hmm. my concept that I want the viewer to be thinking about when they're viewing the work. Right. So I've been met throwing around a few ideas in my head, like maybe just only presenting it with, with like purely the audio and then have the record there as the physical object, but not actually being played mm-hmm. um, just to kind of like stimulate that thought about like, how is this uh, object causing the sound that I'm hearing? Okay. Um, and then I don't know. That's that's probably the most popular one I have right now, albeit very simple. I've been throwing around a few ideas, maybe like making it into an installation or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I've, this has been a great uh, starting point actually for a lot of other work that I've been making oh, yeah? uh, Such based as what? on sound. Um, well, I've been like really interested in this like idea of of uh, turning an image into a noise. So I've right. like been trying to do it both ways. So like turning like sound into an image as well so like i've been trying to make these sound paintings where i'm uh like actually manipulating the paint with sound and then making Mm. a print of that manipulation um gotcha what's an example of that i'm curious um so like the the most like basic thing i've come up with uh so far is to like um to like have like a tray of water with like a uh, speaker under it or like a speaker or transducer or something uh causing the sound wave um, speakers sometimes cause a little bit more interference, um, but basically then having that affect the uh, container of water and then floating pigments on top of the water, oh, like okay. oil pigments, and so that the ripples in the water manipulate the where the paint is. Gotcha. And then I'm basically just using like a paper marbling technique to print the image then onto paper. Oh, wow. That's uh, really, really interesting. Yeah, but I've also been thinking about using like some LED lights, um, like taking long exposures of... Uh, of like other like music visualizers that okay. like already exist or that have already been made. So like, uh, I don't know, my buddy has this uh, LED strip that he made um, that 
that basically responds uh, the color that the, of the LED that you're seeing in real time based on the frequency of the notes that are being played into it. Mm -hmm. um, so you would like hook it up to a speaker, um, run run audio through it basically, and it would change those colors. Right. And right now I'm actually working on building a uh, contraption to maybe capture that uh, long exposure of a song being played through space. Um, wow. And then turning that into an image uh, that would basically be just be colors representing notes. Um, wow, that'd be really really interesting. So yeah, I've been kind of playing with the idea. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm getting there. There you go. Hopefully we'll see it. we'll see something like that soon. Awesome. Well, that's really cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you having uh, coming into the local shakedown and having your own setup. That's always nice. Uh, musician bringing their own setup. <laughs> um, but do you have one last piece for us? Oh uh, yeah, I got one last one for you. Awesome. You can find uh, Atari's music on ataremusic.bandcamp.com, and uh, it's uh, at name your price uh, on on the bandcamp. Free in other words. <laughs> Don't want to say free because who knows? Got to no, got to support not. some local music, right? Definitely. Got to support local support music. Support those local artists. Awesome. And so, what's this piece that you got queued up for us? Um, this is a uh, piece. It's a take. Uh, Tchaikovsky uh, record, Symphony Number no. One in G minor, uh, mm -hmm. mixed with a promo record from Roughneck Records, which I can only assume is a '90s uh, techno distributor. Most definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, it's it's an Argyle record. We'll mm -hmm. see what Argyle sounds like, I guess. Awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Appreciate it, David and Atari. We really appreciate it. And this is Atari live right here on the local shakedown. <laughs> 